On today's Question of Faith, is baseball the most Catholic of sports? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And I'm Maria Wancata, and I'm part of the communications team. Welcome back, Maria. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we're all baseball fans in this room, so uh, we started talking about, is baseball the most Catholic of sports? So, Father, what do we mean by that? Well, because Jeff Stutzman just popped in the studio and thought we meant, uh, does that mean that more Catholics play baseball than anyone else? That's not the question. The question is... The nature of the sport itself, the way that it's structured, the rules, uh, the mm. organizing principles, is the way that the the sport is played the more Catholic than any other sport. Mm. Okay. So, like, football would be let's knock someone to the ground, and hockey would be so check someone to the board, so that wouldn't be very Catholic. Is that the idea? Or? Well, something like that. I mean, both football and hockey and basketball and soccer – go along a field or a court or a rink and just go back and forth. Mm, right. But one of the reasons I think baseball is the most Catholic of sports is because you're trying to get home. Ah, very nice. Yeah. And yeah. home for us is heaven, eternal reward with God, right? Seeing God face to face. And that's the that's the hope. So we're trying to get home. You're trying to and it's and it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. not even easy to get on base, you know? And that's then, right. And it's a it well I'll start there. I think that's one of the reasons that baseball is the most Catholic of sports is because the the point is to get home. Mm. You know, I was going to go with the forgiveness motif. I was going to say that you know the best hitters in baseball succeed one out of three times Mm. at best, Mm. right? That baseball is more about losing than winning. A lot of times, you're unsuccessful more than you're successful. uh, Certainly in hitting. I mean, even the best pitchers, they don't throw a strike every time. They don't get an out every time, most, you know, unless you throw a perfect game, you know. Um, and so there's there's an aspect of forgiveness there. There's an aspect of, well, we're not perfect, we're trying to be, but, uh, yeah, we're going to fail more often than we're successful. Yes, and then each attempt at the plate, your slate is wiped clean. You start all over again. Oh, very nice. Oh. And literally, sometimes the ump gets up and dusts off the plate, there you go. wipes it clean. That's Yeah, that's Very good. Nice. So it's, hey, forget that last. Yeah, short memory when you get up to the plate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think it's good. It's a long season. I would say that, too, is like you know, much like life. The season goes on and on and on. You know, the dog days of August, when that bat mm-hmm. gets heavy, you know, it's sort of like, like let's keep going. You know, I think our mm-hmm. faith often tells us we, we have to keep going even when it's hard. So I think that's another aspect. Yeah, it's something you play every day, sometimes even twice a day with double headers. But then at the beginning of each season, there's spring training. Mm. And it's usually coincides with Lent That's true. in our year. And it's when you go and you go through the fundamentals and the basics and you start with how you how you catch a ground ball, how proper mechanics at swinging a bat because throughout the whole season you can get into bad habits and a slump. Mm. And it's bringing yourself back out of it and going at it again. So mm. much like a prayer, prayer life and our mm. life in the church. And then even when you get in a slump, um, you don't stop, although sometimes you do get sent down to the minors so that you can get your fundamentals back, build up some confidence, and then you can come back. Maybe that's going on a retreat or something yeah. analogously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, it's interesting. You know, I, I covered baseball in, in the media for a number of years, and one of the things that I got to do um, 
was I would I would take the subway back and forth from from my house to either stadium that I was covering, and one of the players is a guy named Andy Tomberlin who you've probably never heard of. Uh, he had a cup of coffee with the Mets and the Pirates, and um, one day he was just he just happened to be taking the subway and he saw me and he was like, "Hey, do you know how to get to Grand Central?" I was like, "Yeah," and, he, and um, we just started talking. I said, "Hey, look, I'm a young guy in the media. What do I need to know about baseball players that I don't know?" Hmm. And this was like the greatest lesson that they ever heard. He goes, yeah, he goes, the thing that you need to learn is that nobody here is a terrible player. Yeah. He goes, guys, that you're a terrible player. He goes, no one in the major leagues is a terrible player. We're all the best that, that there is. And he said, you know, he goes, let me, let me just give you a little example. And he goes, I was the best player in my neighborhood. And he goes, and then I went and played Legion ball, you know, he goes, and travel team and things like that. He goes, I was the best player in the league. And he goes, then I went in high school, played high school, best player in the high school, bad 600, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing. He goes, then I got drafted, decided not to go, went to junior college. He goes, I was the best player in junior college. Got drafted again, decided to go. Yeah, I go to rookie ball. I'm the best player in rookie ball. He goes, tearing up the league. He goes, then I get to single A. And he goes, I'm the best player in single A. All-star, play a great year. He goes, then I get to double A. Well, now there are a couple players who are about as good as I am. He goes, but I'm, I'm an all-star. I play. You know, he goes, I, I'm you know doing all these things. And I get promoted to triple A. And now everybody's about as good as I am. And he goes, but I still start. I still play. And he goes, and then I finally I got called up to the major leagues, and that was the first day I ever sat the bench, hmm. and everybody was better than me. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> and I was like, so baseball being one of the more humbling sports, mm-hmm. I think, and this might be true of all sports, I suppose, but I think in particular that long journey to get to the end of it and say, wow, that you know, I have to be a little humble here at the end because there, there's probably someone who's just a little bit better than I am. Yeah, it's a deep farm system as opposed to. Uh, football or basketball, you know, the, all the, the single A, double A, triple A, yeah. all that. Yeah, that's right. But I never forgot that. And I never said that guy stinks ever again. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a he good made, he, he made an error. He, you know, had a bad at bat. You know, but I never said that guy stinks. Yeah, it's like comparing yourselves not to the worst, but to the best, to the saints, and then you realize, man, yeah. I've got a lot to grow, and I'm never done. I'm never done. You know. Um, one of the other things that I was thinking about in terms of why Catholic is uh, why baseball is the most Catholic of sports is that baseball does have a lot of rules, mm. um, like the infield fly rule, or um, neat things like hitting for the cycle. So if you're not familiar, hitting for the cycle means that you hit a single, you hit a double, you hit a triple, and a home run all in the same game. And that's really difficult to do. It's the rarest thing in baseball. Yeah. A grand slam is more likely than hitting for the cycle. But once you know these things or once you know like um, – so like a, a, they don't call it a suicide squeeze play anymore. But the you know when you bunt and mm-hmm. lay down and get the guy in. Yeah, that's yeah. a suicide squeeze. But I don't yeah. think you can say suicide anymore. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But but there isn't – I think there's a new term for that. They just call it a squeeze play, I think. Right. But um, – those sorts of things, to know what you're looking for, if you're familiar with the rules of the game, you're like, oh, my gosh. Or like first and third, and then you send the guy to steal second. When the ball goes down there, then the guy steals home. Mm-hmm. Um, or even hiding the ball in the glove. So you've got to follow the rules, but you can be – you if you really know the game, it gets really fun and interesting and beautiful to watch someone who's just excellent at, at executing um, – 
the the craft of baseball. Yeah. yeah. So funny story with that. Even even the crowd has a part to play. So when I was growing up, um, we had a girl from Ireland come stay with us for the summer. We took her to a game at the stadium. It was out in the '90s with Albert Bell, Grand Slam to end the game. Everyone up and cheering, and John Adams with a drum. But one of her favorite parts was the seventh inning stretch, take me out to the ball game, but also the wave. The fans go around and the wave, like just how the crowd interacts with it. A lot of people are like that at church. When do I sit, stand, kneel, Mm, all of that. So similarities there. And just being a part of the community and how everyone together affects the game and even the players out on the field. Yeah, that seventh inning stretch could be analogous to the sign of peace. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> you get like three quarters of the way through the game. Here's a trivia question for you. Go. How did the seventh inning stretch originate? I don't know. Oh, very good. Manhattan College, which is a Catholic university, Christian Brothers. Okay. Uh, Brother Jasper got up in the middle of the, of the seventh inning of a baseball game when the fans were getting a little unruly because it was a really hot day and people were getting cranky out. And he said, all right, come on, everybody stand up, and now we're going to sing. Mm. And they sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And then they all sat down. They said, hey, we should do that every time. And hmm. so the Manhattan College is known as the Jaspers okay, because it was Brother Jasper who started the seventh inning stretch, so they named wow. their teams after him. It's very cool. Yeah. You get all that Mike School of useless knowledge. No, it's great. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one more reason I think baseball is the most Catholic of sports, and this is the attention to what is natural. And mm. what I mean is in Major League Baseball in particular – they don't use aluminum bats. Right. They still use wooden bats. And even when the balls are made at the beginning of the year, there's a certain recipe. And like this year, they're saying the balls are a little more dead than last year. Um, so those sorts of things. Or that y- pitchers can can throw all kinds of junk, like different curveball, slider, knuckleball. But what they're not allowed to do is take an artificial substance and put it on the ball. That's cheating, especially if you get caught. Right. So um, you've got to be creative, but you can't be putting Vaseline on the ball or picking your nose or any of those sorts of things <laughs> to make the ball drop. Um, or a little bit of um, uh, sandpaper, you know, roughing right. the ball up a little bit because you can really manipulate things and then it's an unfair advantage. Right. So there's like an attention to what is natural that I think is un- it's fairly unique um, to baseball that they're trying to hold – Hold steady on that a bit. That and that natural. There's there's always the argument of trying to speed the game up mm-hmm. versus letting it flow and just the natural rhythm of of the game. Like don't try to rush it. Respect not respect, but allow it to be what it is. Yeah, and good the time things that it take takes. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if someone needs a little more time to get in the batter's box, you know, I know like Mike Hargrove back in the day was the human rain yeah. delay, <laughs> yeah. but the same is true with prayer. Like you, people yeah. need a little bit more time to or to to wind up or to you know keep checking first. No, I want to make sure that I'm this guy. I'm holding him on the on the, on the mm-hmm. base here. So it's also about what's not happening. I think a lot of the times, too, Maria, you sort of alluded to this earlier. Is that you know I, I tell people I said you know there's not a lot of action in in baseball to talk about necessarily. You know, here's the wind up and the pitch, strike one, catcher throws the ball back to the pitcher. That's all the play-by-play. Like, you know, when I was doing play-by-play, mm-hmm. you know, baseball's actually one of the harder sports to do, like, on the radio because there's – got to fill that time yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit, you know. 
uh, where basketball, it's like, you know, down the court they go, and now, oh, wait, they're now they're back down the other end of the court. You know, you could, if you're mm-hmm. not fast enough, you could really you could really mess up. But baseball is more eh, nice and easy. Yeah. And so I tell people, you have to look at what's not happening in baseball, necessarily. You know, there are things that are happening all around us that you're not mm-hmm. really paying attention to. Mm-hmm. But if you're only focused on the ball, you miss all that. You know, where's the second baseman playing? How are the outfielders situated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, is the catcher looking over at the manager to, to, to find out what pitch he wants to do, or does the catcher do that on his own? You know, yeah. is all these things that could, you know, could really make a big difference. Yeah, and there's like, there's the, so I've, I played softball, baseball my, my whole life, and it's learning like that chatter on the field, what to do in that dead space in between games, but um, then even the nonverbal cues that that we yeah. give each other on the field, like I know, like I played second base, so I know first baseman goes in for the bunt, I cover first base. Mm-hmm. Then so, like just learning each other and the team and and the the natural flow of it right. and what mm-hmm. happens and all the little breaks in between. Yeah. yeah, I remember playing in high school and what we did often at practice was what Maria just said, situational baseball. So coach would say, okay, you got a guy in second, ball goes up to right field. So you have to think, what am I going to do? Where's my cutoff man? How do we line up? So, and in life too, preparing for situations, having some foresight. Um, as Maria was talking too, I thought of signs and gestures mm. and how many we have at mass signing ourselves <laughs> right. and how it is that uh, a coach, a third base coach will give the signs whether you want to bunt, you want to take this one or um, lean into it maybe. get you know, right. I don't think people lean into it as much as they once did, especially with the 95 mile an hour. <laughs> especially the way these guys do But in high school we did, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I was thinking, Mike, as you were just talking, that there, you're right, there's not a lot to say. But so someone like Mike Hamilton, who calls the Guardians games, mm. he usually fills that in with with uh, stories about someone's life, so some bios, or a little bit more about the game. Yeah. So it's about that particular play, but then you're getting a broader view of of yeah. the, the the game in general, which is really yeah. cool. Or even talking about the city that you're in. You know, mm-hmm. if you're on the road, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, went to a nice place the other night, and mm-hmm. blah, you know, all these all these places that you like to visit when you show up at a different city. Yeah, know? I think baseball too is like one of these places that. Um, one of these sports where you, where you try to go to all the stadiums. You know, I don't hear too many people saying, hey, I'm going to go to all the hockey arenas. You know, I'm going to go to all the, right. the soccer yeah. stadiums or anything like yeah. that. But you hear people say, you know, I'm going to do a little pilgrimage to, like, all the baseball stadiums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That um, goes at, like, yeah. yeah, my point, last point was going to be the tradition of it. So there's a long tradition tradition in, in baseball. And like you said, visiting other ballparks we do this thing where we're visiting other cathedrals, and yeah. um, my kids are big in sports right now, so we're doing a lot of regional travel. So we're always trying to hit a different cathedral of every city that we're in and seeing the history and what, what goes in and the makeup of it. And I think in baseball, just the history of the teams and is the same way. Okay, I got, I got another one that just came to me. I think in analogies, you know. So if a baseball game or a going to a baseball game is or playing a baseball game would be analogous to mass mm-hmm. then playing catch having a catch or running bases or going to the batting cage would be like the devotionals or the daily, ah, the yeah. daily yeah. prayer life so you're still practicing the game although you're not in a in the game uh, per se but you're preparing for it or coming out of it and even thinking of something like field of dreams having a catch with your dad or mm-hmm. with a friend I, I love to play catch with my um, nephew and my brother and just to talk and throw the ball around it's so mm-hmm. fun yep. so fun yeah. do you have a favorite baseball movie there's a, there's a bunch of them. I mean, yeah. 
Field of Dreams is up there for me. Um, what's the one with Madonna and Rosie uh, O'Donnell? League of Their Own. League of Their Own's love, really love good. Love that one too. I have to love Major League. I know I the language Major is rough, League. but that's about Cleveland. You know. I love Major League. That's Maria, I have two favorites. For the love of the game. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner. Good. And Angels in the Outfield. Oh, okay. Mm. I like Bang the Drum Slowly, which is kind of sad, but it's an older movie. Robert De Niro, um, a couple other folks are in that. Um, I like that one a lot. And then uh, Field of Dreams is probably my favorite, though, I think, at yeah, the same time. Yeah, it's so classic. Although Major, I can watch Major League on, like, any day of the week. Like, that, that's a movie that I'll just pop in and say, yeah, I think I'll watch Major League today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the subsequent ones aren't as great. You know, Major League 2 and Major League Back to the Minors, yeah. if you've seen yeah. any of those. Those are kind of... When I, when I lived in Rome, I was the culture capo, so I was in charge of... <laughs> putting on films every Friday night, so Friday night films, and I would do a theme. And one month I did baseball mm. films, and I had not watched A League of Their Own in forever. And that's that's a classic. A great movie. Mm. There's no crying in baseball. You're going to lose. I love that movie. That's great. Yeah, and baseball's probably one of the movies, like, I think in cinema that has uh, – you know that there's more there are more baseball movies than like any other sport. I don't I would think right. You know, not too many football movies. You know, it's, you know there's Ru- always Rudy the argument. And, yeah, I'd say there's always the argument here of whether we're a baseball town or a football town. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, it's interesting when we lost the Browns for three years from '95 to '99. That was when well we had Jim Tomey and Manny Ramirez and yeah. Albert Bell and we went to the World Series twice. But we also sold out that stadium over 400 games mm-hmm. in a row. Part of that I think was because we didn't have the Browns. The other part was because we were just a great team so and good. made the World yeah. Series twice. Winning yeah. solves everything. Yeah. It does. As they say. But yeah. our last championship was in basketball. It was. Yeah, it's true. Although we all we were so close that year. It was back the same year. I know. And uh, we. We came back from 3-1, and then the Cubs came back 3-1 against us. So. Yep. Have you been to other stadiums besides the one here in Cleveland? Yeah, I, know you I was at Wrigley Field most recently, mm-hmm. yeah, a couple of years That's ago. That's a great stadium. Oh, yeah. yeah. class. Talk about classic and tradition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the heart of a neighborhood, even. Right. Yeah. Yes, Wrigleyville, yeah. Yeah. I've been to Toronto and Pittsburgh. Nice. I don't think any other. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've, been, been, to, the I've next... been to 20, just so you know. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nin- well, told... 19 of them active, because wow. I'm in Montreal, so. The, I told you I went to the Mets stadium. Is it Citibank City with Fields, Father Steve yeah. Breck? Yeah. We went and saw the Yankees play the Mets, which was really cool. Oh, that's that cool. was exciting. Is that the Subway Series or is that yeah, the yeah. World Series? Or? No, not the World Series. Oh, just it was the just, yeah. interleague play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I've been, to, I've been to one World Series. It was to the 96 World Series, Yankees-Braves. I'm not a Yankee. I'm a, you know, I'm a Guardians fan here. You know, Since I've moved here, I've changed my loyalties. But I grew up as a Mets fan and, and a Yankee hater for the <laughs> most part. I just thought of another thing. Um, what other sport, when you think of it, do you think of a particular food? Like you think of hot dogs. Oh, sure. Yeah. If you go to an, uh, a baseball game, you get a hot dog, right? Yeah. yeah. But you don't think of that for a football game or a basketball game. You, but there's a hot dog, you know. Hot dog, hot dog and a beer beats roast beef at the Ritz. That's baseball. That's my game. Did you make that up? No, that's um, uh, Humphrey Bogart, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've... Covered all the baseball that we want to cover. We've today. covered all the bases. All the bases. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Father Dan Schlegel joke. <laughs> and so let's talk about some other kind of cathedral. We'll talk about a church, uh, St. Ambrose. We're going to go to this. It's the biggest church in the diocese, right? I think it is the biggest church in the diocese. I don't know if they have 5,000 households, but they're yeah. close. I mean, they're, and their school is huge, too, probably over 800, 900. Right. Father Bob Steck's the pastor there. He's been there about 15 years. 
The fest is coming up. It'll be August 7th this year. And just before that, uh, we've got a nice little concert, a little free concert going on with the Hillbilly Thomas coming to St. Wendelin, right? Yeah, um, it's going to be 4th. awesome. Uh, kind of like a block party. We yeah. had a nice little planning meeting yesterday, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's free. Come on out. Tom Evanchuk, who's a singer-songwriter, will be opening. Hillbilly Thomas takes stage at 8. Bishop Woost at that time, he will be a bishop by then, will lead us at night prayer. And uh, should just be a great uh, young adult event yeah. in, in, in the city. Yeah, his ordination is the same day, so this will be sort of like the first official event post-ordination for right. him. So that's great. Yeah. And then the gospel this week is it's Corpus Christi Sunday, and so we're going to hear about the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Yeah. Well, what strikes me about the gospel is that when Jesus performs miracles, he, there's always way too much left over, which is a sign of a, of God's abundance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the end of this, 12 wicker baskets left mm-hmm. over when there was hardly anything, and now there's an abundance, and 12 is a good biblical number, you know. Um, so in our own life, it's important to remember that God doesn't just give us a little. There's He'll give us everything that he has, which is himself, right, especially in the Eucharist. And then there's more to give. Like his love never gets exhausted, and the more that you give love away – the more that you have. So that's mm-hmm. that's always a good one for My me. My favorite line in there is they they all ate and were satisfied. So not only is there a, you know enough left over, but everybody was satisfied with what they had. Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at that one too. But then there's always something special in the Gospels and the way that Jesus blessed over them and, and broke them. We always hear of Jesus blessing and breaking breaking the bread in many stories throughout the Gospels. Yeah, and that goes in with our Eucharistic revival. If you ever, if you look at our logo, gathered, blessed, broken, and shared. Yeah, it's a great Eucharistic theme for uh, Corpus Christi Sunday. We just uh, minted a new video from the Eucharistic revival, so we'll put that in the show notes for you to see. In case you weren't able to join us this weekend, we had a great time here at the both the cathedral and. Uh, down at St. Peter's, where mm-hmm. we did some praise and worship at the end of the Eucharistic for arrival. So, Corpus Christi is this Sunday, the Gospel of Luke with the miracle of the loaves and the fishes, and we'll have all this and more next time here on Question of Faith. Ciao. Ciao.